Turn with me, please, in the Word to 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter. Let's join our faith together for utterance, for the anointing. The Bible said it's the anointing that teaches. And you don't just get it with your head, you get it with your heart. And never believe that you're not smart enough to get something. That's underestimating your teacher. Your teacher is so good. And I'm not talking about me. Your teacher is so good that no matter what your background is and what you know or don't know, he knows how to get it across to you. Is that right? And talk to you in language that you understand. And it's not a matter of having the mental ability to figure it out. It's revelation. One minute you don't see it, and the next moment you do. It's revealed to you by the anointing. And that anointing is here right now. He's here. And in that environment, you just see things. And you just know things. And you just understand things. It just comes to you. And you see it and know it. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Didn't Jesus say, he'll take of mine and he will show it unto you. He will lead and guide you into all the truth. He'll bring to your remembrance everything that I've said to you. And he will even show you things to come. Come on, sit out loud. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is operating powerfully, operating powerfully in, my life. in my life. He's teaching me. He's reminding me. He's leading me, guiding me, showing me things to come. And I'm receiving it. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Isn't that good? That's wonderful. First Timothy 6. We began a series some weeks ago called Fighting the Good Faith Fight. In 1 Timothy 6 and 12, notice this. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Say that out loud, everybody. Fight the good fight of faith. Now, fight is mentioned twice. Reckon you're going to need to fight sometime. Mm -hmm. I've had people look at me uh, years ago. This this one person I was talking to, and I said, now you're going to need to stand up and resist that. And they looked at me and teared up and said, but Brother Keith, I'm not a fighter. I just, that's just not my makeup. I said, well, get used to losing then. No, if you're going to make it, you're going to overcome, you're going to have to fight. Not fist fight, faith fight. Come on, say it out loud again. Fight the good fight of faith. Got any fighters out here I want to see? Huh? Come on, put them up. Let me, let me see. Can you bring it to bear? Come on, can you? Can you stir something up? Can, Because if you don't, you're going to be in trouble. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto you're also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now, just like you mentioned, fight twice in the first part of the verse. He mentions confession twice in the last part of the verse. The word profession is the same word translated confession. So a big part of the faith fight is what you say. Now I know this sounds strange to some people. We've had visitors come here before. And you can just sit in their eyes and thinking, why do y'all keep doing that? Because I'll say, say this, say that, say this. And they'll go, because that's strange to them. Because they didn't do that at their church. Hmm? They didn't even say amen at their church. You're supposed to be quiet. Well, 
No, this is not something new. This is not something that some uh, recent preachers came up with or some new doctrine. Jesus has always been the apostle and high priest of our confession. Of what we say. Does anybody know how you get born again? You believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth. You, You confess with your mouth. Your words are vitally important. Jesus works with what we say when it comes from the heart. He works with what we say. Whether it's the new birth, and we shouldn't think that when we got born again, got into the kingdom this way, that that's the end of that. No, everything in the kingdom works the same way. The same way you got in is the same way we continue. So he mentions confession in verse 13. He gives an example, I give you charge in the sight of God who quickens all things before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good what? Is he talking about confession? What's that got to do with fighting a good fight of faith? Apparently a whole lot. Go with me to 2 Corinthians please, the 10th chapter, 2 Corinthians 10, and you see a description of this this warfare that he's talking about, there is a war going on. And there is a fight to be fought. And uh, there's a lot of ideas about what that fight is and how to fight it. And not all of them are right. So in order for you to know something is right, in order for something to be scriptural, what do you need? Scriptures. If you can't find what you're doing in the scriptures, you really need to check up on it. In uh, 2 Corinthians 10 and 3, he said, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's not a flesh fight. It's a spirit fight. It's not a fist fight. It's a faith fight. Keep reading. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not natural, they're not physical, but they are real and they're mighty. Just because something's not physical doesn't mean it's not real. God is spirit. Is he real? He's real. Actually, we're spirit too. He's the father of spirits. You're sitting there right now. Looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. And I'm seeing the house you live in. You're on the inside. You're a spirit. And the Lord tears is coming and you live out your life and that body dies. Well, you're going to still be you. Right? And just because that body quit breathing doesn't mean you stopped. You'll slip out of that body. Like a hand slips out of a glove. Just like that. You know what else I think you're going to do? I think you're going to go. Wow. I feel good. Because you are going to be free. From all of the many. Severe. Limitations. Imposed. In this curse filled place. We've never experienced zero curse. Not yet. From the time we, we, we're used to this because we were born into it. But it's dark. It's death. It's curse everywhere. And soon we're going to find out what it's like to be in total light, no shadow at all. Total life, no death or curse at all. Your loved ones that have gone on, they've slipped out of their bodies that experienced this, no way would they come back. No way. No way. Don't feel sorry for them. And don't feel sorry for yourself either. You'll see them real soon. 
You live another 50 years, 75 years, it's going to go by so quick, so quick, and you're going to be out of here. But until then, we got a job to do. We're not down here to just twiddle our thumbs and while away the hours. We are down here for a reason. We have come into the kingdom for just this time. Do you believe it? And we are to endure hardness as a good soldier. We are to strap on our gear and we are to take some land. And we are to get the captives out of captivity. Come on, are you listening? Get them over into the kingdom and get them free. Do you believe this? And do all of that that we're supposed to do before we leave here. That's what matters. This conflict is not natural, but it is real. And our weapons are not carnal, but they are real and they're mighty. Through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, a lot of people have just stopped right here. And they've taken those two words, strongholds, and they have concocted all kinds of ideas about what that is and developed a lot of things concerning, in their mind, spiritual warfare. But that's not even the end of the sentence. Pulling down of strongholds, verse 5, casting down what? Imaginations. But see, that's not spectacular enough for a lot of people. They got to turn it into something else. They got to work it up into something else. Casting down what? Imaginations. Are imaginations serious? Can they be a very serious threat to your life? Yes. And most Christians... Uh, practically the whole world and most Christians are not treating these things as serious at all. It's like all thoughts, imaginations, that's not even real. Oh, it's very real. I said it's very real. And it's what the fight is over. Somebody said out loud, casting down down. imaginations. What what is an imagination? It's an image-ation. What's an image? It's something in your mind that something you've heard or thought has produced an image. Well, there are lying images. And they are a serious threat. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought. Everybody say every thought. thought. (laughs) Do you think most Christians are doing this? Not even close. Which is also an answer as to why so many folks are having so many problems. And losing so many battles. Every thought. Say it out loud. Bringing into captivity. Every thought thought. to the obedience of Christ. Christ. If you're not doing something with your mind, with what you think, your imaginations and your thoughts, then you are not fighting at all. You are not even resisting your spiritual enemy and foe. A lot's in the Bible about the mind. The mind is the doorway to the spirit. It's how things get in you. Through the ear gate, through the eye gate, through the mind. You know, your mind, spiritually speaking, is a lot like your mouth, physically speaking. In order for something to become a part of you physically, food, what has to happen? You put it in your mouth. Well, now, just because you put it in your mouth doesn't mean it immediately becomes a part of you. What do you do? Well, you chew on it. Well, if you chew on it, what's probably going to happen? Swallow it. And when you swallow it, it gets in you. And that, that will become part of you physically. Same thing is true spiritually. If you get something in your mind and you think on it, 
you meditate on it, you ponder it, you consider it, you imagine it, you're chewing it. Well, what are you chewing? Is it good? Is it going to nourish you? Or is it deadly poison? Not all thoughts should be thought. Not all imaginations should be considered and pondered. We need to recognize. I've told this before, but it'll bear repetition. A fellow told one time of, of him going up on a huge a skyscraper. And he would, I don't know how many floors up he was. But he went over this little balcony and he looked out. And boy, the people down looked like little tiny toy cars and little tiny people. You, could, uh, you couldn't see them very well. And this thought came to him, why don't you just jump? And he said, you jump. I'm not. And when he said that, it just went off in me. And I thought, yes, yes, yes. That's the revelation so many don't have. He, he realized and discerned this is a thought coming to him from outside him. From the enemy of his soul. And this thought, come on, uh, taking into captivity every thought. This thought, this imagination, what needs to happen to it? Come on, help me out. It needs to be grabbed and thrown down. Is that right? And not allowed to remain in your mind. And spiritual battles are won or lost by this. By what you do or don't do with this. See, a lot of folks, Christians, church-going people, they don't know enough even what's going on. They'd have stood up there and gripped the rail and thought, jump? What am I thinking about jumping for? Ah, uh, that's the last thing you want to say. You just open the door for more. The enemy will come in and say, because you're suicidal. What? No. What are you thinking about jumping? No, well, no. If you're thinking about jumping, you got to be suicidal. No. Well, you thought about jumping? I guess so. Lord, what's wrong with me? Do you see? And when it's as simple as this, a thought, I don't, the, even the most holy, the most developed child of God, saint of God, has had thoughts and feelings come to them that were wrong. Don't care who you are. Don't tell me you never have. Because there's another one right there you're yielding to. Another a lot. <laughs> the Bible says different. And like my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, used to say, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head. You can't prevent a thought from coming to you. Or a feeling from coming to you. But you can prevent that bird from building a nest in your hair. Right? And you can prevent those thoughts and feelings from taking up residency in your mind and you thinking on them. So when some wrong, stupid, bizarre thought and feeling comes to you, you don't just sit there and panic and go, why am I thinking that? He brought it to you. That didn't come from inside your spirit. That didn't come from the Holy Spirit. It came to you from out here. What's it time to do? Grab that thing, slam it, and say, no, I'm not going to do that. Not now. Not ever. Shut up. Get out of here. So simple. But that is resisting. That is resisting the devil. And what will happen? He'll flee from you. Whew, we're making progress. Look at it again. Verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down what? Say it out loud. Casting down imaginations. Is that what you do? Which imaginations? Well, anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that contradicts the truth, which is what God said. 
Anything that contradicts that, you absolutely reject it and refuse to think it, refuse to talk it, much less act on it. You you need to say this out loud. Say it out loud. My mind mind is my mind. mind. Nobody Nobody can make me think think something I don't want to think. It's my choice. My mind is my mind. You believe that? You ever heard people say, well, I I just can't help it. And that's a lie. That's not true. That's a lie. And where people get in trouble is thinking on wrong things because they want to. They like to think about that. That's where you get in trouble. Because you know better. You know it's not right. And if you yield to it and purposely continue to think on it, you have opened yourself up to the enemy. You have given place to the enemy. And that's how you get infiltrated. You get infected. And that's how you can lose battles. But even if you've done it many times in the past, today's a new day. Is that right? And you can make a stand right now and say, no, in Jesus' name, no, I cast that down. And if it comes back 300 times in the day, what do you do? You cast it down 300 times in a day. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, friend, this is not just a small side part of spiritual warfare. This is spiritual warfare. No matter what you've heard or done, this is spiritual warfare. So I, I thought wicked spirits were... Were controlling cities and and controlling people and and they had strongholds and they need to be cast down. Well, that's true, but how are they doing it? How are they controlling whole cities? Right here. Go with me to Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. Second Corinthians, chapter four. He said in verse 3, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world has done what? Blinded what? What? What's a huge part of this spiritual warfare? The mind. The mind. That's the battleground. That's the battleground. He's blinded what? The minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine unto them. Aren't you glad the light shined unto you? And you saw the truth. And tell me what the truth did for you. Help me out. The truth has made you free. That's John 8.32 and Actually, that word literally means liberate. The truth has liberated you. The truth has liberated you. Come on, say it out loud. The truth has liberated me. We we say a lot of times it has set me free. Well, that's true. The King James says, make you free. I like that. Make you free. Something... Something is happening to cause that liberation. Liberated me. How many would testify that you've been saved a while and walking with the Lord, that you are freer today in some things than you were in some time? Man, I didn't, you didn't even let me finish my sentence. I mean, you, you were going. Why? Because the truth that you got a hold of, Beginning with the truth that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. And in everything that's followed, that truth has liberated you. Has made you free. To the point where you are today. Do you know, have you seen, are you walking in all the truth there is to see and know? So what does that mean? You are not as free as you can be. 
There was a point when you didn't see and know and walk in what you're walking in now. And you're freer now in that area than you were then. Is there any more you could see? And if that's true, then you ought to love the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Which is another way of saying love Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For the truth. For the truth. Hallelujah. Man, this is, this. every time I get up to preach this, it grows on me. It gets bigger. And uh, I'm trying to go to point two. And uh, point one has turned into something else. <laughs> Grown and developed. Go with me to John, the third chapter. I'll tell you what. Go to John 8, and then we'll back up to chapter 3, I think. In uh, John, the 8th chapter, you really see the confrontation between Jesus and the Jewish leaders come to a head. There's been friction for some time, but boy, on this day, it really, as I said, it, it, it came to a a culmination. In John 8, Jesus had said a number of things, but in, in verse uh, 30, John 8, 30, as Jesus spoke these words, many believed on him. Now that's interesting. In the midst of these people contesting and fighting with him, there were some other people that were hearing all this, and they decided to believe. Yeah. They thought, that's true. I believe that. And verse 32, verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth will do what? Make you free. Are there people in bondage? Their minds blinded, living in darkness living in captivity because of their deception. If they could come to the realization and receive and acknowledge the truth and repent and receive it and do it, would it change their life? It would liberate them. I said it would liberate them. It would make them free. Hallelujah. And uh, they said, verse 33, we're Abraham's seed. And we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? They said, we're already free. Was it true? No, No, they were blind and in bondage. The light lets you see and the truth makes you free. Lies bind and deception blinds. I should have said it the other way around. Deception blinds. Blinds and lies bind. They hold you in captivity. But light lets you see. And the truth makes you free. Anybody interested in seeing some more light? And getting some more truth? Because what will happen to you when you do that? When you receive it and walk it. You will become freer in that area than you've ever been. Anybody like being free? Being free is good. Well, they had a a smart remark. They said, what do you mean free? What do you mean free? And Jesus said a number of other things. Verse 36, he said, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. One translation says, really free. Another one said, unquestionably free. I like that. And uh, they went on talking about Abraham being their father. And he told them if Abraham was their father, they'd be acting different. And verse 41, they said, we're not born of fornication. We got one father, even God. Jesus said, verse 42, if God was your father, you'd love me. I think that made them madder than all, do you think? Because they didn't love him. They hated him. I had a fellow follow me down the hall one time yelling, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe what I just preached. I don't, I don't like you. I said, you just don't know me. If you knew me, you'd like me. I think that made him more mad than, than, than the rest of it. 
But uh, he went on to say, you do the deeds of your father, Jesus told them. They said, we're not born of fornication. We got one father, even God. Jesus said, if God were your father, you'd love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. Now these are the religious leaders. These are the guys with the doctrines of divinity. In their synagogues. In their place. They, are, they have held themselves up as the spiritual authority on everything concerning God. And Jesus told them, their daddy was the devil. Woo! Boy, it made them mad. Yikes. Can you see why? Well, they wanted to kill him. And eventually they did. Because he led them for our sake. You're of your father, the devil. And the lust or desires of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. The devil can't tell the truth for lying. You ever heard that before? It's literally true with him. If he wanted to tell the truth. It's not going to come out because it's not in him. His very nature, the core of his being is false. Falsehood. Deception. There's no truth in him. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of lying. Not abiding in the truth. Verse 45. Because I tell you the truth. You believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin. And if I say the truth. Why do you not believe me. So. He's telling them the truth. And what are they doing with it. They are completely rejecting. The truth. So what's going to happen to them. They're going to stay blind and they're going to stay bound. Because if you won't accept the truth, you can't be free. Now look back to the third chapter of this same book of John. When I first began in the ministry, 30 some years ago, I became, I was convinced, I suppose, to a large degree, that the biggest problem was ignorance. And lack of knowledge. That people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. As the scripture says. And that man the main thing. Is to just tell people the truth. And, and, and if people get the truth. And get the knowledge of the truth. Man that's it. Everything fixed. But as the years went by. And I learned a few things. I came to the realization. That. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge is only half of that verse. It's not the whole verse. The rest of the verse says, because you have rejected knowledge. And I begin to see it's not just ignorance. There's a whole lot of people don't want the truth. They don't care if it's truth. They don't want it. And that was a little hard to accept in the beginning. But that's a fact. Jesus was preaching to these people. They're intellectuals. They're religious. And the truth is standing in front of them. Is that right? They are seeing light and life and truth manifested in the flesh. The words coming out of his mouth are straight from the throne. Is that right? They'd never hear anything truer in their life. And what did they do with it? They said, well, no, uh-uh, nope, no. We're not having it that way. Well, it's that way, whether you're having it or not. 
But the only thing that will be the result of that is that you will be blind and you will be bound. In the third chapter of John, are we still talking about fighting the good fight? Yeah, we are. John 3, verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned. Let me, let me say this for our, our purposes today. He that believes the truth is not condemned. The gospel is the word of truth. Jesus is the truth. He that believes on the truth and believes the truth is not condemned. He that believes not the truth is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Keep reading. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and what happened? And men loved darkness rather than light. Really? See, it's not a case that nobody has seen and heard the truth. Millions have seen and heard enough light, even if it was just a little bit, if they would have accepted it, they'd have got more. They'd have came into more. But the truth is, they didn't want it. They don't want, they don't want to hear it. Don't want to believe it. Don't want it to be that way. Well, when you've heard the truth, And you don't want that. What else is there to believe? There's nothing else to believe. But lies. And if you believe lies. Are true. That's when you are deceived. And you get to. You can get to a place. Where you're not distinguishing it anymore. You really think it's that way. There was a time. When you knew the difference. But because you rejected it. And didn't want it. You can get to the place. Where you can't even see it anymore. And that's serious. That's dangerous. Somebody needs to say. I love the truth. truth. No matter what. what. I I love the truth. Do you know that's the same thing as saying, I love the Spirit, because He's the Spirit of truth. That's the same thing as saying, I love the Word, because it is the Word of truth. That's the same thing as saying, I love Jesus, because He is the truth. Right? He is the truth. God is truth. It's impossible for Him to lie. Aren't you glad you can count on that? Never is it going to happen that God's going to try to fool you. Deceive you, trick you. Never has happened, never will. When he tells you something, it's absolutely, completely true. Every time. Light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that does evil hates the light. Does what? Hates the light. Are there people that hate the light? You can't say they hadn't seen it. They did see it. They just hated it. It was the truth. It would have made them free. But what? They hated it. Were these men looking at Jesus and hating him? And are they hearing the Father when they hear him talk? Are they seeing the Father in everything he's doing? Is he perfect? Is he love, light, truth, and yet they hate him. They hate him. And there's a lot of that going on today. People have heard it. They have seen it. But they despise it. Why? Because their deeds were evil. The light showed up something in their life that wasn't right. And rather than repent and change, they don't want it to be that way. Don't want to change. Don't want it to be that way. I don't, I don't want it to be that way. The devil says, well, fine. It's this way. Believe it this way. You go, I like that a lot better. Great. Believe it like this. Only problem is now you are blind. 
And now you are bound. And you're not going to get it fixed. Because you're not even dealing with the problem. You're living in a fantasy world. We shouldn't be uh, scared and in fear that we're going to be duped and deceived and be oblivious to it. God is faithful to us. He will help us. He will keep us. But what is required, you have to love the truth. You've got to love the truth. More than you love how you look, how you feel, what you want to do, what anybody else wants you to do or live. you got to love the truth above all of it. Right? And when the truth shows up something in your life that's not right, you got to say, okay, time to change. I, I accept the truth. I accept the truth. I receive the truth because I love the truth. And if you do that, you will not be duped. You will not be deceived. You will not be taken. Oh, but if you don't like it and you go, I don't, I don't want it that way. Well, is it true or not? Well, I, I, yeah, but I just, I, I just don't like it like that. And I don't, and I don't want to do it. And, 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 and I'm not going to do it that way. You're in trouble. You're in serious trouble. Can you see this, friends? But he that does the truth comes to the light. Don't you like that? That his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. Go to Romans real quick, the first chapter. Romans 1, you see exactly what has happened to the world. Romans 1, verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel is also called the gospel of truth or the word of truth. It's the power of God. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith. What kind of fight is this? Faith fight. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against what? All ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who do what? Who hold the truth in unrighteousness. What does that mean? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them or to them. For God has showed it to them. God has shown them something. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, hold up, when they what? Now that doesn't mean they were born again and knew him intimately and well like we talk about. When they knew it was God would be maybe a good way to say it. When they knew and recognized that it was God, what did they do? They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain. Where? 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 In their imaginations. And when they did that, it went dark. And their foolish heart was darkened. Oh, friend, do you see this? They saw and knew that something was God. But they did not want it to be that way. And they they refused to acknowledge it. And they refused to admit it. And when they rejected it, their heart and mind went dark. When you know something's God, what's it time to do? Acknowledge. Right? That this is God. Acknowledge the truth. When you know, when God shows up something, this is wrong, this is right. This is good, this is not. This is me, this is what I want, this is not me, this is not what I want. There'll be times when your flesh or your mind or your friends don't want it to be that way. And so the thoughts will come up, well, now do do we really know, Is, is it really, really that clear, really that black and white that this is right and this is... Is it, is it, you know, what's that? That's flesh trying to justify itself, trying to find some justification that it's okay. 
Hold your place here. Go to Timothy. Second Timothy, I believe it is. Second mm-hmm. Timothy four. Well, three thirteen. Second Timothy three thirteen said, "Evil men and seducers. What'll happen with them? They'll get worse and worse. Doing what? Deceiving, and being deceived." In verse two, he said, uh, chapter four, verse two, "Preach the word." Would that be the word of truth? Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Or in other words, they won't endure the truth. But after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. What do you mean heap to themselves teachers? Teachers that will teach what they want to hear. Not the truth, but what they want to hear. Keep reading. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto what? Fables. Are there people preaching what amounts to fables? There must be, or why would he be talking about it? Are there folks preaching things that really are not even real? And could there be even large crowds that want to hear it? Why? Because it's what they want to hear. And it justifies them in their own eyes. I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. Just like we are. Don't need to change a thing. We're fine. We're okay. Tell me that fable again. Once upon a time, there were a bunch of lovely Christians who all got along and loved God and loved everybody. And they did everything under the sun that wasn't right and wrong. But God was okay. And they were okay. It was all. Okay. (laughs) There are large groups of people who don't, they don't care what's true. Now I know that's a, it may be a revelation to you. I know at one time it was for me because I thought, well, surely everybody wants to hear the truth, right? Surely everybody, this explains all kind of problems in our country. Thank God for our country. Thank God for our freedom. But we got some problems too. And why? There are whole huge groups and masses of people. They don't care what's true. They don't care. They want what they want. And the only thing they want to hear is for you to tell them what they want is okay. They don't care what's true. Oh, but friend, if you do that. You, you have lowered your defenses. You don't have your armor on. Come on, are you listening? You don't have your sword in your hand. You are completely exposed and vulnerable. And that's how minds get darkened and lives are held in captivity. Go with me in closing, I think, to Second Thessalonians. Man, there's so much here. Is it getting clear in your heart and mind what this conflict is about and how it's waged and how it's fought? Second Thessalonians, and really this whole, uh, just three chapters in Second Thessalonians, but this whole letter is dealing with this same subject. In Second Thessalonians 2 and 1, 2 and 1, He said, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. Now there was an error that was being taught and preached, and some were even sending letters 
and forging Paul's name to them. And part of these erroneous teaching was that the resurrection had already happened. And you, you'll find every one of these errors, which are some of these fiery darts that the enemy fires, is designed to rob you of your faith. How would that affect you? The resurrection has already happened. You're still here. How would that affect you? Are you going to really be enthused about living right? Getting ready to meet the Lord. Well, he's already come. Can you see the effect? The effect of these wrong doctrines is to pull the rug out from under your faith. And to discourage you. And to make you feel helpless and hopeless. But it's a lie. I said it's a lie. It's not true. Second Timothy, don't turn there, but Second Timothy 2.18 talks about this same error. He said concerning the truth, they have erred. Saying that the resurrection is past already and they overthrow the faith of some. Were there some people losing the faith fight over there? They allowed these lies to come into their mind and heart. And they thought on them and listened to them. How many understand there's some preaching you ought not listen to? And you don't have to understand all the, well, they're using scripture. The devil uses scriptures. All you need to know, something bothered me in my heart about that. Well, turn it off. That's it. Something bothered me. I don't mean your crusty old religious traditions that you need to get rid of anyway. I'm talking about in your heart. Something bothered you that this is not right. Well, they let that in and he said it overthrew their faith. They lost their faith. They let it go. Back to 2 Thessalonians 2. 2 Thessalonians 2. He said, Don't be soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from me, that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that's called God or that is worshipped. So that he as God sits in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. The devil has a God complex. He wants to be God so bad. He tried to be God and got brought down hard. Come on sit out loud for his benefit. The devil devil is not God. Not Not even close. will be. (laughs) He don't like hearing that. He he fancies himself as God. He's not. He's a created being who's fallen. And he's been stripped and beat and brought to naught. And soon and very soon a big angel's going to come down and grab him and slam chains on him and throw him in the pit. And we'll say, where's your God now? You being God, you don't look like a God. You don't act like a God. A God wouldn't let one angel do that to him. He's not God. He's certainly not my God. See, he is trying to operate as the God of this world. The only way he can do it is by blinding and lying and deceiving and people buying into it. But those who are in the truth are alive and awake. And we know better. Come on, somebody say, he's not my God. He's not my God. God. Keep going, verse 5. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now you know that what withholds that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now lets will let till he be taken out of the way. Something, someone is holding this back. Then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume. How? With the spirit of his mouth. The Lord fights with his mouth. That's how you and I fight too. 
and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and what? Lying wonders. Not everything that is miraculous is true. There are some things that are even signs and wonders. And they're spiritual and they're real. But they're lies. They're lies. Keep going. With all what? Deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Now here you're going to see why some perish and some don't. Why, remember we read in 1 Peter, the devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. How does he devour people? And how is it that he can devour some and some he can't? What makes the difference? You see it right here. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, why did they perish? Come on, read the rest of the verse. Why did they perish? It was not because the devil was too tricky and too slick and just came in and gobbled them up for they knew what was going on. Come on, God's more faithful than that. God's going to help you. Come on, do you believe that? No, 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 no. Why did they perish? Because they received not the love of the truth. In every one of these cases, there were times they saw things, they knew things, they knew it was God, but what happened to them? They didn't want it. They didn't want it that way, and they rejected the truth. And when you do that, what else is there to believe? If you don't want the truth, there is nothing else to believe but lies. And that is what makes a person vulnerable to being devoured. Then that's the person. If you say I don't want the truth. I don't care. I don't want it that way. I'm not having it that way. I don't care. I don't want it that way. Now you are one. He may devour. You don't care how smart you are. All the particulars. Background. Gender. Age. Education. Riches. None of that makes any difference. When this is concerned. Why did they perish? How many think this is worth coming to church this morning right here? Why did they perish? Why were they devoured? Why were they consumed? Why? Because they received not the love of the truth, which means it was available to them. They could have, but it would have required repentance like it does with all of us. When the light shows up stuff in your life, When the truth makes known to you. God's not condemning you. He just shows you the truth. And sometimes when he does. The Holy Spirit's conviction. Your own heart will condemn you. That's not God condemning you. That's your own heart. But it's real simple. No time to wallow around. No time to cry and be in self pity. Let's get it fixed. Let's get it fixed. Let's say Lord you are right. The truth is right, and I love the truth, and if it shows up some problems in my life, then we got to get them problems fixed, because we're not going to try to adjust the truth to fit me. We're going to adjust, with God's help, me to adapt to the truth. Oh, come on, can you see it? And that's when you get free. That's when, oh, hallelujah, that's when you get liberated. The truth that you receive and walk in makes you free. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say free, free, free. Free. He said, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God will send them strong delusion that they should what? Why? Why the delusion and the lie? Because they didn't want the truth. They rejected the truth. So you're going to get the lie. That they all might be damned or, or judged, condemned, who believed not what? The truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Somebody say, by the grace of God, God. not me. me. 
I love the truth. I love the truth more than what I want. Everybody stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Say this out loud. Praise God forever. Say it out loud. I love you, Lord. I love your word. I love your spirit. I love your gospel. I love the truth. Come on, close your eyes. Say it again. I love the truth. Oh, just say it a few times to the Lord. Lift up your hands. Lord, I love the truth. I love you. I love the truth. I love the truth. Come on, say this out loud. I love your truth, Lord. More than what I want. More than what others want. More than what I think. More than what I feel. More than what I desire. I love your truth above everything and your truth makes me free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.